four times uh, a week uh, at this time, we'll be giving instructions in what we sometimes call the heart practices. In the tradition called the uh, Brahma Vihara, the uh, abodes of Brahma, sometimes translated as the uh, heavenly realms or the heavenly abidings. Brahma is the king of the gods and uh, Vihara is the word that's uh, simply used as a home or a house. And it's said that when we are practicing and manifesting these qualities of uh, loving kindness, compassion, joy and equanimity, we are as if gods and goddesses, whatever that connotes to you. And so we'll be giving the instructions in these sessions uh, but we also encourage you to practice, if you wish, at this time on the days when we don't have instructions, and also to bring in, as you see fit, some of these practices into the rest of the day, the rest of the flow of the day. And we'll be starting with instructions in metta, usually translated as loving kindness and uh, etymologically connected with words meaning friend. So loving kindness is one of those kind of weird Victorian era translations, you know, that uh, like mindfulness, <laughs> a little bit weird, <laughs> but we get used to it, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and so it could be called uh, more like cultivating friendliness or uh, my colleague Anushka Fernandopola speaks of metta as unstoppable friendliness, <laughs> which I like, right? Or we could call it an expansive warm friendliness. So it's, it's uh, yeah, so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful quality and generally we can really approach the, the deepening of our practice through different uh, doorways. You know, our core practices, this really goes back to the talk uh, on uh, Saturday, our core practice uh, is insight meditation, which really, as it were, is the, the doorway of wisdom and we could also, and many of us do, have as our primary doorway, the learning through the heart or the development of the kind heart. In mature practice, all of these are integrated, but there are different doorways in. And many of you are actually practicing with the Brahma Vihara, probably especially Metta, uh, in this month. Some of you are doing more than simply the once a day or once, you know, a few times a week uh, practice. How many of you actually have a regular metta practice, you know, at home? Yeah, so it's, uh, looks like about, it's over half, half the group. How many of you do not, but would like to? Okay, that should be the other half. <laughs> That's okay. So it is this, it is this powerful practice. It's really, it's really the counterpart of meeting each moment with awareness and presence is meeting each moment with kindness with the kind heart. And again, ultimately they are integrated. Uh, uh, a teacher of many of us, uh, Sylvia Borstein, brings them together. She speaks of, may I meet this moment fully? May I meet this moment as a friend? 
You might like to work with that. It can be, can really be uh, integrative in that way. And so there's this amazing, again, amazing intention to meet each moment with the kind heart, however that manifests. And we sometimes say in terms of uh, the relationship of metta and the other three or loving kindness and the other three, that loving kindness is this general approach to developing the awakened heart, whatever we call it, the kind heart. And then the other three uh, manifest in different circumstances when that open awakened heart meets pain or difficulty, suffering we might say, it becomes compassion. It's the same heart, but it will manifest a little bit differently. When it meets uh, happiness or well-being, or I, I like to think also beauty, it becomes uh, what we call sympathetic joy or mudita. And the heart that can hold everything is equanimity. And one of the beautiful and pretty subtle aspects of this teaching is actually all four have to be developed for any one of them to be developed fully. They all have sort of occupational hazards that get remedied by developing the others. It's interesting. Maybe some of the other teachers will go more into that. Uh, but, you know, for example, metta or loving kindness, the occupational hazard is getting possessive or grasping, right? We can have love that's has a lot of good stuff, but it's a little bit possessive or grasping. And so we balance that out with the, with the other three, particularly, particularly equanimity. There are different ways of cultivating metta. The more standard way, at least uh, in the West in the last uh, few decades, has been through the silent internal repetition of phrases that we use and that we bring through a uh, progression from beings that, beings with which we can more easily bring forth metta towards those with whom it's more difficult. And so we practice metta by repeating phrases, and I'll say more about those in a moment, internally, quietly. And we first find where the metta is easiest to evoke. The phrases are meant to evoke the kind heart, so we can actually choose them so they're evocative. And we start with beings uh, towards whom that is easiest. 2,600 years ago, they thought that the easiest being to evoke a sense of warmth and friendliness is oneself. We have modified those instructions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we will say more during the course of the retreat about that, but that's a big one, right? There's, you know, that the, uh, I remember the Dalai Lama was once, uh, some of his first meetings with Western students, he was shocked by the levels that he sometimes found of self-hatred or self-judgment, right? Which are a little bit, what, endemic in many of us. I won't ask for a show of hands who can relate to that. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's a big one. And, and it's something actually that can be, um, can be some work done dur- during a retreat like this on that one. And so we generally start in terms of the method of the phrases with the second and third uh, categories. We sometimes call these the meta muses. There's a phrase from Heather Martin from uh, British Columbia. Uh, those are the second is the is called the benefactor and would typically be a uh, mentor or teacher or maybe elderly relative could be a public figure uh, 
that's inspiring and feels like some, some being who is really a force for good in one's life. It could be a non-human, could be a pet. Um, and then the third category is the dear friend. We're just gonna stay with these first three today. The dear friend would be a little bit more of a peer. In both cases, we generally in the practice take those who are alive. We may have benefactors who are no longer alive, but we generally, at least for the simple initial instructions, I'll say that, you know, there are ways to, work with, uh, ways to work with those who are no longer alive, but I'll, maybe we'll go into that another time. Generally, we pick those who are alive, who are evocative of a sense of warmth and friendliness and kind of the heart lights up. So it could be, you know, uh, a child or uh, uh, a friend and we just are with this person and it's almost entirely positive. You know, both the benefactor and the friend, we're, look, we're, we're not looking for what? Uh, complex relationships. <laughs> We're looking for simple relationships which are in which we feel that sense of warmth easily and typically quickly. And hopefully there are some like that in our, in our lives. And this is, I'm gonna bring up a second method later. Um, but so this is where if you don't have so much experience, how many of you actually have phrases that you work with? So a lot of you. So. So I'll be, I'll be brief here. Uh, we give a lot of room for choosing phrases yourself. The uh, traditional phrases, which uh, probably date from about 1500 years ago, I should say that this method of repeating the phrases internally is not the method that we find in the suttas and the text of the Buddha. It comes from the Vasudhimaga from about uh, the year 500, which was a, uh, a book which was a compilation of practices at that time. That's where the phrases come from. Um, and generally they're grouped, you know, traditionally there'd be a phrase related to um, safety, one related to happiness generally, another one related to health in some way, another one related to ease of well-being. And, but we give a lot of latitude for finding phrases which uh, are evocative for you. So I'll, I'll share the phrases that I often use. Uh, may I rest in the awakened heart. By the way, not copyrighted. <laughs> may I rest in the awakened heart. May I be safe and free from harm. May my body support my practice. May I be held in love. Right. And You know, and sometimes we can experiment a little bit. We suggest sort of fairly soon finding, if you're newer, finding those that work for you. But there's a lot of room and you don't have to use the construction, may I? You could use, just say the one word or find some phrasing that, that works for you. Generally the counsel is not to have it be too long. And so the the suggestion for this session, and we'll have you know, three further meta sessions, is that we'll work for some time using the technique of the phrases. And I'll, we'll do it, let's say, with two of the categories. Your choice of two of the first three, self, benefactor, and, and dear friend. And I'll give a, I'll give a indication maybe uh, okay, now is a good time to switch to the other categories. I'll, I'll work with the timing. One other thing on, on the technique, something which, uh, further technique, which I find, have found very helpful because uh, the danger of this method is it can, because it's using words, it can be a little bit dry and wordy because it, it is using words. And so there are some aspects of technique which help it be a little more embodied and sort of emotionally juicy. And, uh, we, can, and we can do this with, uh, um, really with uh, every phrase actually. And this is optional. It would be to uh, have an image of the being. 
Number, it's a four-step technique. Um, an image of the being in our mind, or if we're more uh, somatically based, it could be have a sense of what it feels like to be in the presence of this, this one. Second, to have a sense of the heart area. Some people keep their hands on their hearts to feel the heart. Thirdly, to say the phrase. Fourthly, to let there be just sometimes a few seconds for what we sometimes call an echo or a resonance. And the, the aspect of feeling the heart and having the image will tend to have it be a little bit less uh, wordy if that's an issue for you. And again, optional technique. So we'll do a period of that. And I, I wanted to name and, and in this first session also give instruction in, on a second method of metta. And we can, we can try this over the next period of time. And this is uh, what we call uh, radiating metta. And it's probably closer to what the Buddha taught. Some of you know in the Metta Sutta, it, it, the lines go, radiating metta, radi- radiating uh, kindness over the entire world, upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths. And in other passages it's said that one radiates loving kindness in this direction, in this direction, in this direction, in this direction. And um, there are ways of practicing that, which I'll mention now. And then and I'll probably, I think I'll mention it again because we'll do it towards the end of the session. The basic technique, there are a few techniques and we've been particularly influenced by the Venerable Analeo who's you know, uh, some of you know him, he, uh, a German mentioned by Heather, a German monk, scholar, practitioner, who teaches here at IMS, Barry Center, quite often. And um, beautiful practitioner. And he, uh, in his initial f- phases of practices, didn't connect with the phrases. It didn't work for him. Partly because he was a German biker. <laughs> he was coming. He had a certain amount of anger in his system, and the phrase, eh. <laughs> you know, it's a true story. <laughs> and so he looked at the text, and he talked about the radiating. So he, he actually just sort of experimented on his own and developed some methods. And he would sometimes just think of a warm, fuzzy animal that he knew when he was a monk in Sri Lanka. It would fill his heart up. He would get the metta going, feel it in his heart, and then let it just radiate outwards. That's, that's kind of the technique, or it's one of the techniques. And so we could do this by, uh, for example, by whatever method works for you, generate the metta, and we'll do it after we've been doing it for some time, so it's already going in a way. You generate the metta, and you, um, by whatever work way works for you, and until you feel it in the heart, and then you gradually let it radiate out, kind of on its own. And there are also ways of letting the awareness get big. You know, some of you may have worked with practices where the awareness gets big, and you can let it radiate out and let it go towards towards limitlessness, which is how the how this these uh, heart qualities are understood. It can go to a very big, expansive, radiating awareness of kindness, which is quite a beautiful state. So I'll come back and give brief instructions when we get there. So um, for right now, if you're newer, just consider, and maybe for anyone, just for everyone, consider which, uh, <clears throat> which of the first three beings, self or benefactor or friend, would be the easiest doorway into the practice of metta right now. Now I'll invite us to practice with that being for many of us just in the way that we normally practice. Some of you may have heard something that might have been helpful and might want to adjust a little bit, but mostly for most of us, the way we normally practice. 
with uh, the being with whom the, the metta flows most easily. We'll practice for some time and then maybe the last uh, part of the sitting, I'll, I'll switch and bring in the instructions for the radiating metta. And, uh, but midway through the first part, I'll, I'll invite us to switch to the second being.
Now moving uh, to a second being out of uh, self or benefactor or dear friend. And generally we, uh, we stay with the same uh, benefactor or dear friend uh, over, if you're newer, over the course of a period of practice. So switch now to one of those three. Again, that seems the, maybe the second easiest for you. Staying with the same way of practicing.
And, and now again, the instructions for the radiating metta, which is a more somatically and energetically based way of practicing metta, which works for some people a little bit better. Some people can do uh, both and, but we'll just do this briefly. So stay with the metta towards the being that you were just doing, working with. And see if you can feel some energy in the heart. You can continue to use the phrases for a little while if that's helpful. And starting to feel, if you can, a kind of radiating out from the heart of warmth and kindness. You can imagine rays coming out from the heart, going to the left and the right in front and back and above and below. The heart radiating kindness in these six directions. You can let most of your focus be on that radiating of the heart. It may be helpful for some even to, ha to have the phrases continue a little bit more in the background. Letting the radiating be natural, not to push too much. Again, you can have a sense of the rays in those six directions going out. It feels like the metta's dried up a little bit. You can come back and work with the phrases or some other way of generating it. And then again, let it radiate out in those six directions.
There are a few um, other techniques for radiating metta. Some of you may know some of them. Um, one of the most common ways that it's first introduced, sometimes at the end of retreats, is where you uh, start by developing the metta in the heart, and then you let it radiate out over progressively larger spaces. Maybe some of you have done that, where you let it radiate, it fills up the hall. You bring sometimes a form of metta for all beings. You let the metta go out, fill up the hall, bring metta to everyone in the hall, and then you go to the spirit rock land, meet all the deer and turkeys as well. <laughs> right, and then you let it get progressively outwards to you know the San Francisco Bay Area, the continent, the earth, all of space. How many of you have done done that technique? Yeah, it's, it's quite common, yeah. And that can be a very beautiful way. Maybe one of the other teachers can, can guide us in that because that can also work to have that sense of the radiating out in space. And um, one other technique, which I, I use sometimes, is I get the radiating metta going. And then I actually kind of stay with the heart and focus on one being, you know, and so they're kind of hybrids, you know. So I want to just take a few minutes and see if there are any, any questions about uh, either of the forms of metta practice. I think my suggestion is uh, to go with what works uh, best for you. And uh, I, wa I wanted to give the radiating metta because it's not commonly taught. And uh, for a lot of people, it, it find it, it works a little bit better. Any questions? I'll just take a few minutes. Anything come up? Okay, please. Oh yeah, good question. You know, if, if sadness or pain come up during the practice, how to, how to work with that? Um, of course, we, most of us have received plenty of instructions for mindfulness of emotions and so forth, although we haven't given it yet in the hall. But the general guidelines are in doing metta practice, when something comes up and it's sort of brief and passing, we just let it go. But if it was something that has duration, that lasts for a while, you know, let's say I'm doing metta and I have maybe, I had a loss three weeks ago and it's still fresh and something comes up and it stays there for a while, then we would basically switch to other practices, mindfulness and other practices. So the guideline is more or less how strong it is and how long it lasts. If it's something just comes and goes, their thoughts, it's there for, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, then we would just come back to the metta. Okay. Please. If the metta feels a little bit abstract, how can you make it more embodied? Um, first of all, if you're newer at it, uh, it's okay if it's that way. Uh, if, if it's not so much a regular practice, uh, it can feel that way. And, and it's sort of as you stay with it, it develops. You know, I remember the first time I did metta, it was before we had a lot of good instructions. I did it kind of on my own for a week and it didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And I was saying them, uh, I don't know about this metta, maybe metta's not for me, <laughs> you know. And then uh, one day when I wasn't even doing the formal practice over breakfast, I heard myself say, I love you. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, so sometimes things work mysteriously, <laughs> right? So, um, so that's, that's, that's only part of the answer. Um, so if, if you're newer, give it some time. Um, <clears throat> then some of the, uh, the radiating metta will tend to be less abstract. And then some of the other techniques like feeling the heart, having it be more embodied <clears throat> and have more emotion, the image of the person or the felt sense, th those are, uh, stress that a little bit more maybe. Okay, thanks.
Great. Thanks. Maybe last one. Yeah, is it important to keep the phrases simple? Not have them different each time. Yeah, um, the general response would be yes, keep them simple and keep them uh, constant. That's the short answer. <clears throat> so the qualifications are, um, we really say a lot with metta, see what works for you. You know, because it's really like what's going to evoke the warm, kind heart. It's going to be different. And some instructions will work for some, but not for others. So um, that being said, it generally, because metta is also a form of uh, shamatha practice, developing samadhi or concentration. And so um, it's helpful to simplify and keep things continual. And when we do metta with the phrases, the phrases after a while, um, tend to almost go into the background and we emphasize more the feeling and the phrases are like means to an end, they're secondary. And we go, we go more with the phrases. And, and so it can help to have the same phrases for each being, even though they may fit, quote unquote, seem to fit better for some than for others. That's okay. We, cho- we try to choose phrases which are general enough or universal enough so that they can uh, work for everyone, and that, and then we, then then we can be in a kind of a groove, which which again develops the uh, concentration more, and so um, again, but it, it, it's also individual what works for you. So we keep, you know, we don't, we generally, we generally have four phrases or something like that. Could be three, could be five, which gives a little bit of variety, which which can help, you know. So they're different expressions of wishing, well. And but keeping the phrases not too long, basically not so much so you have to, in either either aspect of what you were asking about. So, you, so you don't have to do too much mental. Should I do this? Should I do that? Where am I now? Etc. So we want to let that uh, mental activity be more uh, be be less, but then also go into the background. Okay. Thanks. Great. So um, again, you can. Um, see what calls you. And you could talk about this when you have the practice meetings. Um, You may want to do metta once a day at 2.30 every day. You may want to bring metta or other practices into the rest of the day and walking or sitting um, to sometimes you might, maybe two or three sittings, you start out with 10 minutes of metta. It can really, because again, eventually we want these to, uh, the heart practices to be integrated with the uh, wisdom practices, mindfulness. And you can do it. I, my favorite place for doing metta is uh, in the dining hall. Those of you who were here for the two month, or were here for the month of February, I was there the first two weeks, might not have known if I was doing metta all the time for everyone there. <laughs> But I just let the secret out. <laughs> okay, but it's uh, it's a pretty cool place to do it. You know. Anyway, just see what works. Okay, thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.